Hey everyone, my name is Antonia Mandulia and you're listening to That Hockey Chick. Welcome back to another episode of That Hockey Chick. Here we go, it's finally time for things to get crazy. This is the week when it all begins. We've got the expansion draft on Wednesday of this week. We have the NHL draft on Friday and then free agency hits on the 28th next week. This week though, on this episode, we're just going to focus on the expansion draft because that's where all the buzz is right now. I do have with me, as promised last week, Emilio. Hi. A returning guest who will be with me the whole episode, I think, unless he gets bored and decides to leave. So on that note, let's get started. We're going to break down the rules of the draft, which are the same as the Vegas expansion that happened not too long ago. Uh, Then we're going to go through some major headlines pertaining to who certain teams did and didn't protect. And then, of course, we will go into a much more in-depth conversation about our beloved Maple Leafs and their decisions thus far and the decisions um, and basically just what it means for them moving forward based on who they protected and didn't protect. Now, expansion rules. First one is obviously Seattle will be able to select one player from each team except Vegas. Vegas is exempt. Now on that note, I wanted to get your opinion. A lot of <laughs> a lot of people were were pissed that Vegas is exempt. Uh, I just wanted to get, you know, are you on that side or are you more on the side like they agreed on it before, so it's something. And it's a lot of other teams have been exempt from previous expansion drafts as well. So I think they should be in it. They've been in the final four, three out of the four years that they've been a team. So clearly they're a good enough team where they can afford to lose a player. Yeah, but based, I, I, I heard or I read somewhere that it was based on, like it was something that was set uh, before yeah. Vegas even started playing. I know, but... So maybe that's just something that the NHL has to look at changing. Yeah. Where regardless of how long a team, I don't know, or maybe not that long because... How many years has it been since Vegas? Four. four. Four years. So maybe it should be like maybe two years that they're exempt. Mm. And then after that, I don't know. Because I feel like if Vegas was doing shit, people wouldn't really care because they would just end up getting worse. But anyway, just wanted to hear what you thought about that. Anyway, so yeah, so they get to select one player from each team. And four, that's 14 forwards, 9D, and three goalies at least. Okay, so other rules for like the other teams. So clubs have two options to protect their players. They either go seven three one or uh, or eight and a goalie. Uh, then the players selected obviously have to be under contract for the upcoming season. And any players with no movement clauses at the time of the draft, if they decline to waive those clauses, they have to be protected. Uh, so that's what happened with uh, Price, for example, where he ended up waiving his no movement clause. Uh, and then exempt players, and actually that's the case with Tavares too. He's the only player that has a full no movement clause and he didn't waive it. So that's why they had to protect him. Uh, and then exempt players from the draft include first and second year professionals and any unsigned draft choices. Teams also have to expose one defenseman, at least one defenseman who is under contract next season, hence the signing of Dermot. And they have to play 40 games last season and 70 games over the last two seasons. Also, they have to expose two forwards who are under contract next season and have played 40 games last season and 70 games in the last two seasons. And then, of course, a goaltender who's under contract next season or will be an RFA. That's pretty much it in terms of the standard rules. 
Uh, so coming up next, we will delve into the protection lists of some of the major teams and just bring up some of the major headlines from each of those. So stay tuned. We will be back. Okay, we're back. We're about to go over the protection list for different teams. Uh, there were a few teams who, like the key players that were exposed, were not even like key players. So we're just going to go through a few teams. A lot of the key players that were exposed, I found that popped out to me were goalies. I don't know if you found the same thing. Poland. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just like... fe I just feel like much of the conversation has been around the goalies that are exposed, not really the actual players. I don't know. Well, it's mainly the teams that have... If you have two good goalies, then you have to give one of them up. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just Have you have you heard conversation about major, um, like, actual players, like forwards or D, that are, that are being exposed? Like, have you heard any... Domi. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go through the different teams. So, first off, Vancouver Canucks... Braden Holtby, that would be a pretty sweet pickup for a goalie. I, like, he's not how he used to be, but he's still a decent goaltender to grab for an expansion team, no? Yeah. Was he the, was he the, he was the number one for Vancouver, no? Or was it, um, um what's his name? Demko? Was he with Vancouver? Whatever. It was, um, them two. They yeah. were, like, alternating. Yeah. I don't know, I think Holtby would be a good pickup. Um, we'll leave Montreal for later. Uh, same with Dallas. Uh, Philly, they're exposing JVR and Voracek. Poor JVR <laughs> might be... I feel like JVR would be a sweet pickup for them, too. Yeah, but he's 7 now. Oh, I don't know how much he is. Over two seasons. He's a good player still, but for the price, I don't think it's worth it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. his last deal was, uh, 7... Seven mil per year over five years. So yeah, I guess he is more on the expensive side. But if they're if they're gonna get someone, I feel like they're gonna have to give in somewhere. They're gonna have to spend like they can't get every player for under four mil or five mil. Yeah, but I don't think that deal would be worth it. A I point guess. per game player for seven mil. Guess. Over two years and he's in his 30s. If it was the Leafs, they would do it. Mm. Uh, okay, so yeah, fair enough. Uh, the Devils, Subban, and Andreas Janssen. Uh, I don't really know if Subban... I like, I Subban feel like he's... to retire Yeah, I feel like he's done. Janssen would be... He's like a decent like third, fourth, maybe... I don't know. Well, the Leafs paid was... three mil, so he must be. <laughs> you can't compare with the Leafs pay because they always overpay. Uh, but yeah, I think Subban. I don't know. I feel like that'd be a waste as well. And then Columbus, you had mentioned Domi. I feel like he is almost guaranteed to be picked up by Seattle. Yeah. I think he's he's like a almost like a almost like a cadre, like where he's like annoying, like he like gets in your he's face Kachuk. and he does. Like oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good comparison. Yeah, so I, I feel like they if they need a player like that, they're gonna they're definitely gonna pick him. And then Giordano from Calgary, they said he was likely to be taken by Seattle, and then they also have Lucic exposed. Those are both very I mean they can obviously only pick one from each team, but if Giordano is exposed then I think that's a that's a decent pick to have on your on your blue line, no? Yeah. But like to have an older vet like on like that on it your would only line? be for the first like 
few seasons because soon he's going to retire. Oh, yeah, I guess they have to think. But, I mean, the same with Lucic, I guess. So, yeah. Giordano would be the better one. Yeah. And then L.A. is exposing Quick, uh, another goalie. Again, still not how he used to be, but I don't know. Still, maybe as more of a backup than as a number one, he would be selected. And then Nashville, expo- they protected all their D. So they exposed quite a few of their forwards. There's Duchesne, uh, Johansson. How do you say his name? Duchesne. Duchesne. No, <laughs> okay, whatever. They exposed Duchesne, Johansson, Cousins, and Ingram. Those are all, um, the latter two are not as uh, big of names, but all four are still, they're still pretty good players for them. <laughs> they have a lot of players exposed. Um, I could see Duchesne or Johansson going, uh, going to Seattle, obviously depending on salary and stuff. But I don't know what their salaries are like. So, going back to bigger stories, so Dallas, uh, Ben Bishop waived his no-movement clause. I feel like that would be, like, there's so many goaltenders. That's Holby, Bishop, Quick, who else did I say, or was that it? Oh, Price as well, which we're about to talk about. There's quite a few goaltenders that they have to choose from, too, which is interesting. So then for Montreal, so Price, he waived his clause, he's exposed. And then the other piece of news is Weber. But he's possibly done because of too many injuries that he sustained. So he's possibly looking at retirement, which obviously, it it almost, yeah, I don't know. Which feels like then they have a decision to make in terms of price. Do you think that price would be someone that they'd go after? Or do you think, because Montreal also announced that price is, uh, is likely to miss a huge chunk of next season because of a hip injury. So do you think that with his contract, and I believe, um, oh, I have the numbers here, so. They have to pay him 11 mil. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's 10-5. Yeah, so they'd be paying him, uh, like, around 10-5. He's injured, likely to miss a huge chunk of next season. Do you think that it's worth it for them to dump that much into one goaltender? Just to see them take him from Montreal. Okay, yeah, that'd be nice (laughs) to see them take him. Um... Yeah, I think it would be worth it. Really? For 11? Uh, look at what he did to Montreal. If Montreal didn't have him in the playoffs, the Leafs would have... Uh, <laughs> it's a bold statement. We would ho- we would have hoped that they would have... The Leafs would have won if Price wasn't in there. Yeah. And same thing with all the other series. Vegas series, he kept them in it. Mm-hmm. Tampa series, he got them the one game. Yeah. Uh, Winnipeg series, he helped, he carried them through that, so. He carried them to the playoffs. (laughs) If, even though he'll miss a huge chunk of the season, if you look at the other goalies there, any one of those could be a starter as well. Yeah. So, and looking back at the past year, Price missed half of the season, and he came back like nothing. Nothing changed. Nothing changed, and he was still amazing yeah that's not true. as good as campbell but yeah good. campbell's better <laughs> um yeah so i have the numbers here for the other goalies so holby is uh 4.3 bishops 4.9 those are a couple of the numbers that i have so there are cheaper options a lot like those guys are half the price but i guess you have to look at longevity and whether 
they're going to provide because obviously price is going to provide the longevity but you don't know about the others so there's like pros and cons are you going to spend that much and get a goaltender that can do so much for your team and has considerable time left or do you want to spend less get a decent goaltender and then use the extra money to to spend elsewhere i feel like that's kind of the toss-up that they're facing when you consider someone like price so i i, I don't know that's I, th- I feel like that's the biggest decision obviously make they have to make a whole entire team so they have a lot of decisions to make but the the goaltender is always an important one so i'm interested to see which one they or which three they decide to take so after going through all that what uh what big names do you think we're gonna see go to seattle after out of the ones that we listed i know you mentioned domi i I agree with the domi what about uh what about any others i don't know i would say probably duchene um not duchene duchene (laughs) um i just feel like he's a good player but I don't know. It's either him or Johansson from Nashville. Yeah. I would say probably Duchesne. I think he's younger. Yeah. I feel like there's not a lot of options for D from the names that I saw. Like, there's nothing that really... But, yeah, I don't I don't see a lot of options other than, like, Giordano that we mentioned. The others are... And Subban, but he's Dermot. not... Okay, and we'll get into the Leafs later, but obviously there's there's Dermot. He's gonna he would be a valuable pickup for them, I think, looking long term, because he's still yeah. he's still developing. He's not like fully he ha- he's he, he hasn't no, but I mean like in terms of he hasn't really like you look at Hall like we'll get into this later, but you look at Hall he's played he like he was given permanent minutes last season, so he kind of grew into this role, but Dermot's kind of still. Like, he was never really given permanent he minutes last season. two full seasons. And I know, I'm saying, like, he, he never he never solidified his spot on the roster because Sandin came oh, in and yeah. took a spot. Hall solidified his spot on the roster. So I feel like if Dermot's given more permanent playing time and, like, a solidified role, I feel like he'd do a lot better in somewhere like Seattle. I don't know. But we'll get into that. So those are basically all the names that we picked out or that I picked out and asked him about all right so we're going to take a break now and we are going to return with the highly anticipated Maple Leafs discussion with the expansion draft my guest is not enthusiastic today okay we will be back all right let's talk about the Leafs and the expansion now so it was revealed the Leafs decided to follow the 8-1 format, protecting eight skaters and one goaltender, even though a lot of people thought they were going to go with the 7-3-1, especially after they traded for McCann. But before we get into that, the players they protected, so forwards, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, that was pretty much a given. And then defense, Brody, Hall, Muzzin, Riley. To me, that was still pretty much a given. The only thing that I was thinking was whether it would be, or a lot of people were thinking was whether it would be Hall or Dermot, but I still think it was pretty much a given that Hall was going to be the one protected out of the two. And then goalie, of course, Jack Campbell. And the exposed eligible players are Kerfoot, McCann, Dermot, Brooks, Engvall, Simmons, and Spezza. And then those that are exempt 
are Galchenyuk, Robertson, Sandine, Mikhaev, Lilligren. They're all exempt from uh, the expansion draft. So overall, in my opinion, like I said, it was pretty predictable in terms of who they were going to protect. And then like we were just talking about before the break, it was pretty obvious that it was going to be Hall over Dermot because of the fact that Hall Hall's just more he's just more valuable. Right now, based on last season, Hall's the more valuable piece. He is someone that we need uh, with his playing style. Dermot is not as valuable because we have someone like Sandine who is younger and has, I would argue, more skill and more ability than Dermot does or than Dermot has shown, at least, in the last little bit. So that's what I think about that. Overall, though, what do you think about the protected and exposed players? Do you think they would have chosen another path, like maybe protecting McCann instead and going with the 7-3-1 format and not protecting Hall? Would that have been too risky to lose Hall? What do you think? Okay. So, <laughs> A lot of questions. Um, I think either way, Seattle is going to take Kerfoot or McCann okay. because... I feel both of those are just better value than Dermot is. And they're cheaper, too. I mean, like, sorry, cheaper in terms of the other forwards that are that are yeah. available to them. Yeah, and Kerfoot can play anything. Center, left wing, power play, penalty kill. Yeah. It could be smart going 7-3-1 just to protect uh, the more forwards. You risk losing Hall, mm-hmm. but, I mean, I don't think that would be the right move. I think... The three, four, 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 one. four, one was better. But people are getting mad that Dubis went, got McCann, and then didn't protect him. Now didn't protect him. But the teams that were trying to make a deal with Seattle to not take a certain player, Seattle was asking for first round picks and third round picks to protect one player. Mm. So what Dubis did was pretty much. He gave up Hollander, who's a, a decent prospect, but I don't think he's going to see much time on the Leafs. Yeah. And a seventh-round pick, who's decent, but it's not really going to do anything. Mm-hmm. And well, we also need players right now because we're in our cut, like a we're in our cup contender years. So getting a seventh-round pick isn't going to do much for that. He need we need to upgrade the actual roster like right now because we need it right now we don't need it three four years down the road so i also i was gonna say sorry <laughs> you were saying that the the seventh round is decent but like you're talking about oh, what yeah. you gave up so basically instead of giving a first round and third round to seattle to not take one of our players they uh, we gave up a prospect and a seventh round pick for basically the same thing because mm-hmm. now if Seattle takes McCann, well, we still have Kerfoot. Yep. And they're pretty much the same player. Yep. And if Seattle take McCann, we... Oh, if Seattle take Kerfoot, yep. we still have McCann. Yeah. I think... I like Kerfoot. I think his points don't show for what he actually does in-game. Yeah. I feel like him and McCann are just too similar that you lose one, the other one's still... The other one's there. still there. Yeah. That's what I think. The way that I looked at the trade was, so first of all, like you said, we basically acquired him for close to nothing. And then, like you were saying, if 
they had made the deal with Seattle, they would have had to give up uh, a lot more and whatever. But he's a solid guy. He's left wing. He's a left winger, which we're desperate for, but he also plays center. So again, like you were saying, similar to Kerfoot, where he kind of, he's very versatile, kind of plays, it has the ability to play everywhere. Which no, is, McKinn doesn't play uh, penalty kill, which is a big problem too, though. Because Hyman, he's leaving. Mm. I think at Kerfoot, he's gone. Oh, okay. Our only penalty killer left is Marner and Mikhail. who knows if Mikhail's <laughs> even on the team anymore. He's exempt, so you never know. They, they yeah, might end up using him on the third line. I don't think he's going to play. If if they don't get another left winger, then he's on the third line. He's most likely gonna play there, unless they yeah. unless they don't lose Engvall. Then, yeah. but. but now that's a problem. That and they have Spezza too. Yeah, and even if Seattle takes Spezza, he's, he's gonna, gonna retire. retire so <laughs> lose to them. Yeah, so uh, basically going back to McCann. So yeah, I I guess the the penalty kill is a problem. They would have to go in. I mean, even if. Like, they have to go and get another left winger or another player. Like, they have to go and get more guys regardless. So maybe then they would just shift their focus to making sure that their priority is to get someone that's a penalty killer, among other things. But defensive-wise, his plus-minus is great, which is a good sign. Uh, I believe last... Or his career, I'm pretty sure it's like a plus-26 over 300 games. I don't know. It was like something like that. And McCann... Um, and then he's 30-point player, around 30-point player per season, great producing-wise. Um, just last season, he had 14 goals, 32 points in um, 43 no, games. Wait. It was 32 points last season, wasn't Yeah, it? I think the season before, he got like 36 or like, oh, it was like something was, like that. The way he's trending. So at 40, I guess you can say a 40-point player. Well, so point per game. He got 32 okay. points in 46 I guess. Games. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. And fine. especially, I don't know who he was playing with. I'm not sure. He was playing with Crosby. I think he was, no, no. I think he was, they were saying that he was, um, he kept on switching out. Like, he didn't, he didn't play every game because they were saying that Pittsburgh had so many uh, guys that were playing uh, third line center or something like that. So I don't think he was at playing every game. Um, so I guess he was, which is, I guess is even better because he's getting all those points and he's not playing every game. But, like, if you put him with Matthews Marner, he'll be a point-per-game player. I wonder if they would put him up there. I don't know. Do you I think don't he... Think they would. I don't I feel like he would be on the third line. Hyman. Um, <laughs> let's not talk about Hyman leaving. Okay, so, anyway, whatever. And then Dubas also used to coach him as well. Um, I forget what the GM. team was. Do you remember what the... Oh, sorry. Not coach. Yeah, sorry. G, he was Sue the GM. Greyhounds. Yeah. Uh, so that could also be a good thing too if he knows him like obviously he would know him as a player on the ice and his skill a bit better the whole team is from Jack Cam <laughs> no, but like I like I feel like that means that he also knows who he is as a person like off the ice because to me I know you might disagree but to me that's that's almost just as important to make sure that the guy off the ice is just <laughs> as well you look at the you look at the who we had we look at the locker room. The locker room right now is, like, horrible. It needs to be improved based on the guys that are in there and the morale and just the playoff atmosphere. Like, that just needs to be totally changed. So if Dubas is working to bring guys in that are, you know, like the Hyman, like Motive or like the Galchenyuk, like they're, they're fit for the playoff atmosphere, then I feel like that would help change the locker room. But anyway, just 
I just think that the fact that he used to manage him is a good sign as well. But, so back to what you were saying before, basically how I viewed the trade is that Dubis covered his ass either way it goes. So, <laughs> so, first off, like you said, if Seattle takes Kerfoot, they still have McCann, and he would serve as his replacement because he also plays center. Of course, like we said, you would lose the PK, but that would just mean that Dubis would have to go out in his back pocket and pick out the... I'm sure he has someone in his mindset that's a PK waiting to see if Kerfoot gets taken, and then that's the guy that he would go after. But then that would also mean that Dermot is kept, and he could be used in a trade for... Uh, another left winger or a P, uh, PK guy, yeah. Who are you hoping? Let me finish this first. So then the second thing that can happen is that Seattle takes McCann. So either you keep Kerfoot or you trade him to get someone that's... Um, you trade him to get an upgrade or you use him because then Dermot would be retained as well. So you can use Kerfoot and Dermot to upgrade and whatever. The third thing that can happen is that Seattle takes Dermot, which I think is also still very possible that it can happen, especially if there's not a lot of other defensive uh, defensive guys from other teams. So that would mean that we would keep both Kerfoot and McCann. So you can Dubis can then either keep them both on the third line together, play left wing and center, or he can keep McCann, trade Kerfoot for an upgrade and whatever so basically he covered uh, whoever gets taken he's covered now you had asked what'd you ask who you want to get taken okay who i want to get taken kerfoot the reason because if dermot doesn't get taken he's still gone i think dermot's not going to be wearing a leaf sweater next season regardless of whether he's taken by seattle or or not he's going to end up being traded then because Sandine is way more valuable than he is and they're not going to play Dermot over Sandine. That's for sure. Um, and then also with Bogosian wanting to hit free market now, you have that hole on D, but I would not feel comfortable putting Dermot and, and Sandine as a pairing. So that would mean that they would have to go and get someone to fill Bogosian's spot and then again, Dermot would still be gone. So either way, Dermot's gone, so I don't really care yeah, if he's taken. Yeah, but if Dermot's gone, wouldn't you want him taken? The question was, who do you want Seattle to take? I'm saying that I would rather... I would rather... So wouldn't you want Dermot to be taken if you think they're going to get rid of him either way? But I'm saying that he would be a more valuable trading piece. That they could they could leverage him... I don't know. Oh, Kurt, fine. Kerfoot or Dermot? To your point. <laughs> Kerfoot or Dermot. One of them. I want I wanted them to keep McCann because not only is it like a breath of fresh air, like it's someone new that you're putting on the roster, which I think we desperately need. They need to shake things up a bit. He's also, he's just like, I don't know. I just, yeah, you're losing the PK guy, but then maybe, okay, then maybe Dermot, I would rather Dermot be taken because then maybe at least with Kerfoot, you still keep the PK guy, and then you still have McCann. I don't know. I just want them to keep McCann because I think that would be that would be valuable. And I want them to take Dermot because either way, Dermot's not going to play. They're going to yeah. play Sandin. Yeah. Or Sandin. I feel that we need bottom six forwards. Mm-hmm. Last season, Engvall, Makayev, they just 
weren't good enough. We need those players that Can do are, are like Hyman, yep. like Kerfoot, where they just, they're everywhere. They put in those little shifts that We do have Galchenyuk. That's like Galchenyuk, too. He's the yeah, same type of guy. Mm-hmm. Not to the same level, but he's the same type of player. But you need those guys that don't, they put up the points, but they do a bit not of crazy points, but yeah. they just... Like, you can turn to them if you need scoring, but if you, if you shit. don't, yeah. yeah, you can turn to them. Or, like, Spezza, too. Like, you can turn to him if you need scoring, but if you don't need scoring, he's there to, like, I don't know, just give a yeah. boost and, and whatever. Because what happened in the playoffs last time was when Matthews couldn't produce, no one else could produce. So you need to have those guys that can turn on the switch and then fire up the team and whatever. Because our, our bottom six had the ability to score goals like we saw it with Kerfoot we saw it with Engvall and Spezza like they had that ability it's just I feel like and I talked about this a couple weeks ago but the way that the team was arranged was okay Engvall, Kerfoot, Mikhaev, uh, Simmons you guys your only job is to supplement whatever scoring the top two lines are doing so when they went into the playoffs and when the first and second lines weren't scoring the bottom lines had nothing to supplement. They were, they had nothing to do. Their their job, you know what I mean? Anyway, yeah, yes, no, maybe yeah. so. Okay. Um, all right, so anyway, what do you think about uh, the others that were exposed? So I know we said Spezza, basically, <laughs> he's technically exempt because if he's taken, he's just going to retire. And then there's Engvall, Simmons, and Brooks. Do you think that those guys are legitimate targets for Seattle or not really? I think Brooks, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't see them taking Simmons yeah. after what happened. Not what happened, but after how he played close to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. I feel like Engvall could be a good target too. I just don't think, like, I don't, I don't know if. Go for I just don't know if Brooks or Engvall are worth more to Seattle than Kerfoot or. McCann or I mean, if would Brooks be. plays like he did last season, then I think any team would want him for their. But I also feel time. like they didn't get a, they didn't see enough of him because he didn't really play that much. So maybe I guess it would be more of a gamble than taking like Kerfoot or something. So we kind of dipped into the other news that I was gonna ask you about as well. But so Bogosian, on testing the open market of his own choosing, the Leafs wanted to keep him. What do you think about that? Is it a mistake for Bogosian? It does it suck for us? What do you think? He's already won a cup, so it's not like a Thornton situation where mm-hmm. they get out of Toronto, they can't win a playoff series. Mm-hmm. But for him, it's not like it's not about the money. I don't think because no. he's not going to get a lot of money. I guess you're right. Like it's not really about the money. It's just about I guess going where going where he like where he wants to be like it's not yeah, really... I think he could stay cuz yeah, he looks too. like 40 year old Austin Matthews <laughs> so. yes he does i don't i i think if if he's gone they're going to need to find a replacement i don't know if that's where someone like um Alexiak comes in um i know that his name was thrown around a bit i don't he know if the third line well they'd have to shuffle they'd have to they move it around where are they going to shuffle can't you put Muzzin and Hall down? Yeah, but then you're putting Sandine on the second line, and you're moving Muzzin uh, off. I guess. I don't know. Well, they I need. That's the type of player they need. Player that 
teaches Sandine at the same time while they're playing. Well, yeah, that's and what they're Bogosian so is. effective. Like Bogosian against Edmonton, that was the best I saw him play the whole season. Mm-hmm. You didn't see McDavid on the ice without Bogosian attached to him. I don't know. Then who? Well, I don't. They're gonna need a replacement for it. That's a hard replacement to find too. Someone that's able to, someone that's able to teach and. And be a, not being <laughs> but yeah, so they're gonna have to find a replacement for him, which I think sucks because and he was really cheap too. He was like a really effective, yeah. He was like a really he was really effective and and good, which I. This um, is what sucks about Dubis making all of those one year deals. That oh, now, that, yeah, that they play so good at the at yeah. the end of the year and then they end up leaving. Except for Spezza, he's here forever. <laughs> Um, okay, now let's get into, um, okay, we'll do Hyman in a sec. Felino going to Minnesota, it looks like. Would you have wanted him to stay? Hell no. <laughs> even no. if it was less, even if it was for like a no. lot less. Why? Where are you going to put him? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I just, I just don't want him. He can't on play team. on the first or second no. line like they thought. Yeah. They can't, I guess, third line, but... I know that the fourth line you're set on having Perry, Spezza, and Simmons. I know you're set on that. Yeah. See if they're able to get Perry. But, um, if they do, that would be first Yeah, one. that'd be pretty cool. I also think, though, Simmons needs to play more minutes than, like, in order to be effective, he needs to play Yeah, but more minutes. But, no, I know, I know. They'd rack up the points. I know. But and yeah, so Perry's the type of player they need. He's Spezza, less attacking, more hit disturber. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think I think Perry's the he's the type of player that they need. But anyway, I don't want Felino because I just I like I know he had an injury and I know he was dealing with an injury when Up he came. Five mil. But it's not And we gave up a first round pick for that. I just don't think it's he's what we need either. He's not like we don't I don't know. Just the type of play he I don't think he's someone that we need. I could be he wrong. Was, but he's just not tough. I know he got on in the fight with that was one. Perry, yeah. He just he didn't do. He's like Simmons. They didn't do yeah. what they were brought here for. Yeah. I don't like it. Then you can raise the question of if he was given a second chance, would would he play differently? But I, I don't I don't think I would gamble that with the price no. with the with the price. Even if it was only for a mil, I just I would use that money elsewhere for someone that you it's more guaranteed what they're gonna be able I to do. I feel like a trade like that in a season like that kind of stupid it sounded up nice a first round pick for a player that's one year five mil that you know that you won't keep for next season and they had and to you they know had to that know. he's not gonna be a game changer they had to know that he was injured as well no or that he had suffered an injury previously in columbus like they would have had to have known yeah, that but even there's like what six games left that's what i'm saying i'm saying if they knew that he had suffered an injury previously like yeah, he Maybe just wasn't game ready. It sounded good, especially when you pair it with names like Thornton and Simmons and stuff. Like, it sounded good, but I guess that's what MLSE goes for. They just want it to sound good. They don't care about how it actually ends up performing. And then there was also uh, this, I'll probably talk about more next week, but they've apparently checked in on Connor Garland. Um, he's with Phoenix, or Coyotes. He's an RFA. Uh, he's Phoenix? Oh my god, Arizona. Oh my god. Dude, oops, my bad. Uh, but he plays on both wings. 
He's a young guy too. He, he, he's 25. Well, imagine they take Dermot, and then you have a third line of Bertuzzi, Kerfoot, McCann, and a fourth oh. line of Spezza, Simmons, Perry. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. And the but anyway. first line of Matthews, Marner, Hyman. Yeah. And then Galchenyuk, Nylander. No, they probably. See, I don't want to see Galchenyuk not play though. I want to see Galchenyuk on right, the. Who else did they well, I'm assuming they. I'm hoping that they're gonna get another solid left winger, and they're not just gonna yeah. get one. Taylor Especially Hall, if Hyman's gone. John Tavares, really. I don't want Taylor Hall. <laughs> I don't want I mean, Taylor Hall. He played in the playoffs. He's just gonna be another Braden Point, John Tavares, <laughs> Okay, he's King Zoom. And Nikita Kucherov in there. I think they have to go for two left wingers, like Bertuzzi and someone else. Especially Bertuzzi. if Hyman's. Especially if Hyman's gone. At least two. If they get, if they go for less than two left wingers, it all depends on what happens with their expansion draft. Well, yeah. So next week's episode is gonna be all of that. Um. Okay. So yeah. So Connor Garland. Maybe Jubis with Arizona Coyotes, not Phoenix Coyotes. All right. So goalie targets. I don't know. I don't really know much about goalies, so I wanted to see if you knew um, any more than I do. So some of the targets that they mentioned for backup were. Well, first of all, Anderson's getting further and further away. Ooh, for the Leafs or Seattle? Leafs. Um. Leafs. Um, uh, okay, I might pronounce these names wrong, but... Uh, Kemper. Kemper? Okay, Kemper, he's 4.5. Corpusalo is 2.8. He was with Columbus. They're bo- they were both on short-term contracts. I believe they were like two or three years, if I'm not mistaken. So those could be decent. Those could be decent. Those are pickup. the only two? Hmm? Those are the only two? Those are the two that I saw. There were a couple I mentioned last week, but I don't Why remember they what pay, they were. They wouldn't pay four mil. For a backup. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm asking. Unless Sorry. they unless they put Campbell as backup, but Joseph I don't think. Wall. Yeah, they just signed him. I know. He didn't have the best season last year in the AHL. You think they'd lean on him? No, not for a backup for oh. this season. I think in a season or two, he could be the backup. And, I mean... So maybe Hopefully they... Campbell signs for like seven fifty. Like <laughs> but um, for now, Corpusalo, I would say because he was a starter in Columbus, so he showed that he can. Translation. I know they got eliminated, but. So would you it... say he's like another Campbell then, where Campbell was a backup, but like he was able to handle himself when he was given the starting. No, job? I wouldn't say he's as good as Campbell, mm. but he. he He's supposed to be a backup. Okay. He's not supposed to be a starter. And I feel like he would be good just because contract cheap. But the best one is bring back Reimer. Yes. And have the two nicest players in the league. Yeah, that'd be be pretty awesome. Like, Reimer's not, I don't know how his last season. He's still good. I don't know how his last season went. Not like he was in Toronto, but still good. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. But uh, anyway, yeah, I think like what you were saying, if they're expecting Wall to come up in the next couple years, is if you get a goalie, especially with their contracts, like uh, Corpusalo, I'm pretty sure it was two years. But if you take someone like that for two years, and then after two years you just let him go and you keep The thing Wall, is with Corpusalo is he's still young. so. Oh, so he's going to go. Yeah, so then at, at the end of the two years, maybe he'll he'll turn into someone like a Campbell where he'll go somewhere and then end up being a starter, no? 
like something like that. I guess as a or take our starting job or take our starting job if Campbell if I'm saying if he like if he deteriorates by then. Anyway, whatever. Okay, so you're saying Corpusalo or Reimer? Reimer. Yeah, I would like Reimer as well. Um, Okay, so last one. Zach Hyman, kind of pissing us all off right now. He was given permission to talk to other clubs to start investigating. (laughs) Yes, a snake. To start investigating trading his rights. He wanted a long-term deal. Like six, I saw between six to eight years, a max eight years. Leafs aren't ready to commit to that. Do you blame them? No, because at the end of the thirty, uh, at the end of the eight-year deal, he'd be thirty-six to thirty-eight, and they'd still be paying him five mil for each of those years. Mm-hmm. At that point, I feel like it's another Phil Kessel situation. <laughs> yeah, where they trade true. him and they're still paying him every year. Yeah, Mike Babcock sitting on his couch and they're still paying him. Yeah, so. I feel like he's also got a lot of injuries too. Uh, like he has bad, bad knees. Like he's had a few injuries, so yeah, you don't know. No, he he is. I'm saying he's he's still very good now. I'm not saying I'd want to let him go. I really want them to keep him. But you look at he's looking at a long term deal. Who knows what like his legs? Like this might sound stupid, but who knows what his knees are going to be like in eight years? Yeah, who knows what they're going to be like in five years? If they didn't even get Matthews or Marner for a long term deal like that. Well, why if, would he think that they would give him one? No, just... Well, that's probably what Matthews and Marner asked for. But I'm saying... If they don't win a series before Matthews and Marner's contracts are up, who knows if they leave? Mm-hmm. And if they leave, then you just have oh, Hyman in there for five mil. Yeah. You can't rebuild a team with a player like that. But then, why would he want that long? If he, if he would, if he's thinking Matthews is only here because for he how many more years? Why would I want to be here when they're both gone? If they're both gonna leave, possibly. Maybe he thinks, what if next season isn't as good as this season? Oh. What if this season was kind of a fluke? Yeah. And in the next seasons, he doesn't play as good. Well, he still gets five million for eight more years. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I really. What's the max that you? The max that I would give him in terms of years is like I would be okay with giving him like between five to six uh, per year. Four. No, sorry, uh, AAV. I mean, uh, salary per year. Oh. In terms of the term, I would do max four years. I think. I'd go four years, and I mean, the thing is, he deserves the money. The way he played this he past does, season. He does, but... But, Tavares didn't even hit 20 goals this season. We're paying him 7 point... Or, no, 11. Nine. 11. Yeah, yeah. We're paying him 11 mil a year. I don't know. I feel like this isn't a good season to base long-term contracts No, it's on not. This. But if you... Like, he does he does deserve the money. I, I do think next year Hyman's going to perform the same, if not better. I don't think he's no, going to get won't. worse. Because he won't be playing... With <laughs> anyway, I I think he has the the capability to to play the same or better, but he he does he is worth more money. That's what I was trying to get at. He is worth the money, more money. But we all thought, and rightfully so, that he would have understood the fact that that almost like that he fit the home the hometown kid profile. Like yeah, maybe he is worth 
I don't know if this is accurate, but maybe he is worth seven mil, but like on another team. But on Toronto, no. Why? Because of all the other contracts that are on there. He's not he's not going to be paid the same as Matthews. But also because you thought that he, because it's Toronto, he'd take that discount and he'd say, you know, they're close to winning it. I want to stay. I'll take more. Are we close to winning it? <laughs> okay, you know what I mean. Like they're they're a they're a playoff team right now. It's almost it's, <laughs> it's almost guaranteed that they're gonna make the playoffs every season. That's what I, like they're in that kind of phase right now. I don't know. It's... A whole the whole point of this was that yes, he's worth more, but wouldn't didn't you think that just like everyone else that he was going to take that discount to stay on the Leafs? Because that's what I thought. Yes. That's, that's a yes from you. Now, last thing about Hyman. He's been looking at teams like Edmonton, Detroit, and Vancouver. Okay? I'm going to say my thoughts on this. No playoff. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say my thoughts on this. Why would, you, why would you bother going to those teams if you look at teams like Detroit and Vancouver where they're basically they're doing some sort of rebuild or something. Like they're basically garbage right now. Mm-hmm. No, because in the North Division, they didn't play good. But if when they go back to the Pacific Division, that division is terrible. I know, okay, but still, if... if they're going to be... They're most likely going to make the playoffs in the Pacific Division. Okay, but then when they... when they Like, I guess you can say the same about the Leafs, that when they, like... Because the Leafs are going into a harder division uh, now. Tampa, Boston, Yeah, <laughs> But, okay, anyway... But he's looking at teams like that. Do you want to end your your career there? Because if he's looking for an eight year deal, he's gonna be close. He's gonna be at or close to the end of his career by the time that that's done. You want to end your career in somewhere like Vancouver or Detroit. But then you look in the case of the Oilers. Yes, it's more of a team that has. I consider the Oilers to be a team that has more potential than the other two in terms of skill and like progress and like where the team has yeah, one player. Okay, <laughs> whatever. Um, Their second line consisted of Ennis. <laughs> okay, but okay, that's gonna prove the point that I'm about to say. On the Leafs, he Hyman played with Matthews and Warner, elite players. On the on Edmonton, he's not gonna play with. And play with McDavid. But you think he'd play with McDavid? Yeah, or Dreisaitl. They're not going to put him third line because he's their third best forward. <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess. Okay, forget what I was going to say then. Never mind. You're but, right. But um, what I think he's going to do is, if he does leave the Leafs, I don't think it's going to be a long-term deal. I think it's going to be what Tyson Berry did. So he signed for a year as like almost a test trial of the team but at the same time I don't know if he would do that because right now he he could get six to seven mil yeah for a team that's really desperate he could definitely get the money and the term for a team that's desperate I just didn't think that he would give up a chance because those teams that are willing to pay him that much for that long are teams that are or that are at or currently near the bottom or going through some sort um, of rebuild or something. When Tavares was a free agent, San Jose offered him like 13.5 mil. Yeah. So those are the types of teams that are going to be offering him that. So is he willing to take 
the extra money. I just didn't think that he that he would have been the type of guy to opt to take more money on a lesser team and give up a chance to make it deep into the playoffs on the team that he's at right if now. If he goes to Detroit for like seven mil, it goes to show you, if he goes to, to Detroit for anything, like more than the Leafs will give, it goes to show that he's just in it for the money. Yeah, and that really sucks because I didn't think that he was like that, but... I don't know. I guess we got another Mitch Marner on our hands here. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, I just think it, they're inching closer to dropping Hyman and keeping Riley. That's what I think. Because I think it's one of... I think they're not going to drop both. I think it would what be one I of the two. What I think they do is get Crosby, McDavid, yeah. and McKinnon. Yeah. Team and, Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that would be our third line. Yeah. Third line? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. So anyway, I think they're going to drop Hyman and keep Riley, which also means no Hamilton, most likely. So I don't think they should get Hamilton. I only If they get him, you can't switch apart Riley Brody. No, Riley would have to. If they take Hamilton, it means that Riley has to be gone. They can't afford The thing both. is, Riley's better than Hamilton. Uh... I mean, past seasons, no. The past two seasons, Riley's been... Yeah. But um, seasons before that, he's been good. And it depends on Sandin or Sandine. Say he has this breakout year where he plays better than Riley mm-hmm. and then they start moving him up. He starts getting more minutes. He can prove that he can play the minutes and still play good. Mm-hmm. Then I think next year when it comes time for Riley's contract, it's going to be different. Like, if... If Riley's the best defenseman this season, then the Leafs are going to sign him. But if he's not, say Brody's better, say Muzzin's better, anyone. Especially Sandine, though. Like, he'd take his spot? Then, yeah, I think he'd take his spot, but then and it's... then they just build the bottom pairing. But then, but then it's too... I think that's the whole thing where people are saying it would be too late, because right now, Hamilton is a free agent, and I think what they're saying is if they wait... Like, they have to make a decision on Riley now. Because if they're if they're going to decide, like, you know what, we're going to keep him, then they're not going to go after Hamilton. But if they have some sort of suspicion that come next year they're going to want to drop Riley, then they're just going to do it now because Hamilton's a free agent now. I think that's I what mean, people are saying. It would be too late to win another year. How much is Hamilton? Same, he's the same as Riley. I think well, he's around the same. Different. Yeah, I mean, so it would be like a one-for-one. One. If Dubitz can get a deal on Hamilton... Say sign him for two mil less, mm-hmm. which I don't think is gonna happen. But say they do that, then I'm okay with them trading Riley, because, well, he's the last person from the 2012 team. Yeah. But say they get him for two mil less, they sell Riley, or not sell. They um, they trade Riley. You can get, you can get good. Uh, players for that and that could basically build not build the bottom six but it could be a big part of the bottom six say you trade riley you could get those players like hyman and Mm -hmm. you'll have how much does riley make oh shoot um i think it's five right now it's five something so they'd have seven mil just from those two deals seven mil worth of players to build out their bottom six Wait, or sorry. get 
a player for their top six. Because how much cap space do they have? Like 12. 12 mil right now? Uh, yeah, something like that. So. Oh, sorry, not 12. It's currently sitting at 6.4. Uh, okay, maybe, I don't know, maybe like 8. Okay. Nine, nine mil. Nine. Say they sign Hamilton for two mil less than what Riley's worth, even one mil less. If they get a deal on him, then they sell Riley. Not sell. Trade. They trade Riley, and right there you have seven mil available of players that you could get for Riley. Yeah. So you could either get someone for the top six. Or someone for the bottom six. Or multiple players for the bottom six. Because mm-hmm. for that money, that pays for Kerfoot and McCann. Like, yeah, yeah. type players. Yeah. And you still just need that one piece left for the defense. And yeah. Martin Mertz. <laughs> no. <laughs> and you have that money yeah. to spend for yeah. the forward. I just think if if even if they take if they take Hamilton at his price whatever it will be and then they dump cap space elsewhere because I don't think that just dumping Riley's caps because it's it would be like a one for one essentially like what you were saying so I feel like they'd either have to get him at a discount or they would have to dump space elsewhere which could come from losing Hyman which could come from trading Kerfoot if he's not taken or Dermot if he's not taken. So, again, it all depends what happens with the expansion draft because then we'll know, like, who they have available as a trading piece and stuff. Um, if they take Dermot, then they're set. Because then they have Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander. I'm just saying two players. Yeah, yeah. Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, McCann, Kerfoot, Spezza, Simmons. They just fill in. Yeah, those, the, are, all, those are all left. No. lefties, no? That they need three Not left McCann. wingers and a right winger. They would need. Yeah. Slap well, then you throw Perry in there. <laughs> slap Galchenyuk. Slap Galchenyuk. Bertuzzi. Um, Bertuzzi. Forsberg. Taylor Hall. Or Grandland Forsberg. Those are other Taylor ones. Hall. Okay, no, I don't want Taylor Hall. Um, okay, so that's it for all the Leafs talk. We went uh, very in depth. So. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Coming up next, we're going to do a quick this or that, and then we will wrap up this episode, so stay tuned. Okay, time for the final segment of this episode, a new segment of this or that. This week, this or that is series scheduling or normal schedules. So we know that we are going back to the normal divisions. That's known. But the scheduling looks like it's going to become a little different and they're going to be incorporating the series style that we saw this past season. So, what do you think? Would you prefer the series scheduling or the normal schedules? Series. Why? Um, the players like it more. I feel it didn't really bring the intensity. I think it was but because... But it makes the game more interesting. Just because... Like to see who wins the series? No, just because, okay, you play them once, it's just a normal game. You play them twice, you start to get familiar with each other. It's maybe close? I don't know. I feel like I'd be fine with both. I don't really care. It's just 
I just know that a lot of people don't like the series scheduling because of what happened this past season where it got boring. But I think the only reason it got boring was because we played the same team. The same team. Like, we played Edmonton. What was it? We played Edmonton like nine times or something like that. We played every team. Or we played every team nine times. Um, So I think that's why it got boring. But I feel like if you're playing a. Like, for example, you look at teams we barely play, like Dallas, for example. We play them, what, like two times a year or something like that. I think with with teams like that, instead of having the two games a season spread out over so many months, One you'd play... Road trip. You'd Yeah, and you'd play that series. So you'd play Dallas for those two times in a series, and then you'd say, okay, who's going to win the series? You know, instead of playing with playing against them in November and then come... I don't know, like, March, you're like, oh, what happened in November again? And then by that time, the teams are, like, totally different. So I just but, I just feel like playing those couple games at once, and it'll bring more intensity because it's like, who's going to win the season series of Leafs versus Dallas kind of thing. But at the same time, I feel the series are faster paced because, say... <laughs> you set okay, up, I found this on the web. You set up Siri. Um, say... Thanks, Siri. You made him forget what he was going to say. Oh. Because since they don't have to travel, then I feel they're rested, so the games... Are going to be better? Yeah, it's better. Because, say, on the days where they have back-to-back, they play a game, it finishes at 10.30, they go on a plane, they don't get home till maybe yeah. 1.00. Yeah. And... Then they sleep, and then they've got practice, Yeah. and then they've got their game. So I feel like... So basically we'll be able to see how much travel actually affects yeah, like players. Maybe Matthews will hit 80 maybe. this season with maybe. rest. Who knows? Maybe. All right, so your final conclusion, this or that? That. I don't know. <laughs> this was the series scheduling, and oh. that was normal scheduling. This. All right, that's what I'm going with, too. I'm interested to see how it works with the normal divisions. Okay, so that is all for this episode. Thank you for joining me for the entire episode. He did not leave. welcome. (laughs) He might be back soon. We don't know. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Next week, we are going to recap everything that happened with Seattle, who they took, and how it affected primarily the Leafs but we'll touch upon a few uh, a few other teams if anything major actually did happen like taking Carey Price for example as uh, so we're going to talk about that next week and then how it's going to affect free agency once free agency hits because uh, like you noticed as we were talking today everything depends on what happens with the draft and that was intentional Dubis and all the other GMs intended to do that because they're trying to cover they're trying to cover their asses and say we're going to do what we can to prepare for the draft, and then after the draft, we'll figure things out. Um, so that's kind of, you know how many, like, Dubas probably has so many back pocket deals, you know, like if Kerfoot gets taken, uh, we're going to go after this player. If McCann gets taken, we're doing this. Like, so many options that are going to be laid out, and it's all going to become so much more clear after the expansion draft. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I hope you enjoyed all the talks and the discussions and the topics that we had. If you have any comments or questions or feedback or any new information that I might have missed, uh, reach out to me on my uh, social media account, my Twitter at the Hockey Chick, and my Instagram at that Hockey Chick. 
and uh, let me know what you guys think. Thank you again for joining the both of us, and I will see you next week. Once again, my name is Antonia Mendelia, and I'm the Hockey Chick. <laughs>